0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. As you'll know, there's been a lot of debate this year about turmoil in Alice Springs and whether there's been far too little attention paid to activities for young people there. Well, here could be part of a solution. Our last guest today often finds himself in demand in places around the world, building skate parks. Wade Trevian is a skateboarder himself and he understands the power of these spaces to draw a community together in a world where third spaces, other than work and home and maybe Reddit, are disappearing. He says skate parks offer a point of connection, a hub, social capital in fact. His latest project is in La Gingiporta, a community of 500 people an hour and a half away from Alice Springs. Wade, thank you very much indeed for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks very much.
0: Tell us what you're building, please. You know, is it is it a typical skate park?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's um, very, very exciting. Um, this has been a project that's gone on for a couple of years now. Uh, and yes, we are building a skate park in the community of Ginger Porte. Um, and from my understanding, it'll be the first professional skate park in an Indigenous community in Australia.
0: And you've built over 100 skate parks in an almost 20-year period. Um Where?
1: Um, well, yeah, when you say 20 years, it's concerning. It makes me seem a lot older than I feel. (laughs) I think that that's that's a mistake, (laughs) is it? (laughs) No, 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 it's factual. I've just, I find it hard to swallow, that's all. Oh, I see. Um, so I design skate parks. I've got my own company, East by West. I design skate parks and I have here in Australia, so working for local governments. And I've done that, you know, in different capacities over the last 20 years. And I also have the fortune of doing volunteer design, um, Projects overseas in developing countries, and then also add to that, have the fortune of going over and as a volunteer with other volunteers helping build them.
0: Yes, because um, uh, you In you some built, pretty
1: far flung places.
0: Yes, like Canada, in, in Inuit land. Um, actually, there was a lovely opening celebration there, which you might tell us about, please.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that was. Um, so it was in a community called Inuark, so um, pretty high up in Canada, in an Inuit community. Uh, and incredibly remote, as you can imagine. Um, To get there was, you know, I mean, from Australia was a long way, but even from Montreal was a long way. Um, And just such a joyous community um, that we're just so excited at having um, a space where the young people could be young people and just be kids and Mm. um, express themselves in a variety of ways. And, yeah, at the opening we had some traditional um, throat singers there. Um, from the community um, and just had an incredible opening where literally the entire community was there, which was amazing.
0: And you've been, say, to Iran and Iraq, I think. Did you ever find yourself in the middle of political conflict or was this all post-conflict?
1: Uh, I haven't been to Iran. I've been to Iraq and Libya and Palestine. They're probably the most, you know, conflict areas I've been to. Um, I won't go into details because my wife's probably listening. Um, but <laughs> yes, there, there's tension in those places, as can be imagined. Um, and you know, certainly in Tripoli, warring factions can put a, uh, a stop to the day you planned. Um, but also normality. You know, like there's people like you and me that still go to work every day and still get up and still do what we do. Um, so, yeah, there's those things happening. But when those things happening for so long, people do get back to their normal routines. Um, and we just, in these places, just, uh, you know, we're faced with incredible hospitality. People oh, and, are wanting and to I help mean, out uh, as much as possible.
0: I suppose the key thing is do you have both sides of any conflicts at the skate park? I mean, that's the real test, isn't it? Or is it too
1: dangerous? No, no. Yeah, no, that definitely does happen. And, you know, like once you enter these spaces, like even here in Australia, like your different points of view are put to the side, you know, like, and I mean, that comes down to whether it be, you know, your gender, your sexuality, your race, it doesn't matter in a skate park. None of that stuff comes up. And that's certainly... As I said, evident here in Australia, but also in these places overseas as well.
0: And I think you've um, got an upcoming project, for instance, in Timor Leste. Um, and they, how do they get the money? Oh, actually, how much do they cost to build a typical skate park?
1: So here in Australia, like an average would be, um, let's say, 350. Um, for a smaller skate park. So the one in Ginger Porte is roughly about that much and they can certainly go up from there. There's, you know, million, two million million, million skate parks. Good Lord. Um, when it comes to overseas, uh, it depending on where the country is and the material costs, but off, most often, uh, let's say fifty to 80000 but that's all fundraised. Most of the time that doesn't come from the local community or the government. Uh, as the NGOs I work with, say, Make Life Skate Life or Wonders it Around the World, um, they will raise the money to go over and build it.
0: Um, and you say local governments commission you in places to build these. So they, they've they started to grasp that these um, skate parks, these humble skate parks, can achieve things that maybe can't be achieved elsewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most of the time, the commitment by the local government is to give us land. And so that's kind of where the commitment ends. They don't put money towards it or anything. Because it's hard, because there's not precedence in these countries. A lot of these countries we go to, it's the first skate park they've got. Like I was in Vientiane in Laos like early this year and we did a park there. They haven't got a skate park. So it's hard to show the government of other precedents in their community going, this is what you need. This is what works. But what is generally happening is because we're building them in so many different countries, other countries are taking note and saying, well, they've got one, maybe we need to get one and might contact us and, you know, start that ball rolling in a sense. And I mean, that's with Dili, that's happened. Like there's a, a skate team there at the moment, there is a skate park, but it's, you know, it's pretty, it's fallen apart and it's not very safe. And so at the moment, last couple of years, we've just been fundraising for that uh, park and we've been over and worked with the community on the design, which is really important because it's not our space, it's their space. So trying to get them involved as much as possible. And in October, if we can raise the rest of the money, we're going over to build a skate park in Dilly.
0: And, and finally, uh, up in the Territory, have you had the cooperation of the community in building this?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Like, it's been such a warming and welcoming experience. The traditional owners in the community of Ginger Porte are are really behind it. Uh, One of the traditional owners in the community, Skateboard, he owns um, Spinifex Skateboards, which is the the only Australian Indigenous-owned skateboard company. And he's from that community. And so when I first went up there and met the traditional owners in the community, Normally, sometimes you might get a bit of angst from community, like, oh, we you know, worry about antisocial behavior. We don't think it should go there. But this community, because um, the spin effects is from that, they know what skateboarding is. I don't need to sell them skateboarding. So they were right behind it. And they totally understood the importance of having a space for the youth. And you know, it's not only an active space, but it's a passive space as well. It's going to be a space just to hang out at. Sure. Um, and it is in the center of the community, which is amazing, because... There's so many examples of skate parks, you know, and it's happening less and less, but tucked in the back blocks where let's ignore what's happening there. But, you know, it's vital for the success of a skate park. Like, let's put in the centre of community. Let's Mm. welcome people, marginalised people into that space.
0: Good luck to you. Sounds fabulous. Thank you.
1: Uh, Thank you very much.
0: Wade Trevian with the skate park at La Ginger Porter. I wish we could see it. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listener.